What we've got here is failure to communicate. Hello, and thank you for listening to episode 273 of Failing to Communicate, a podcast about movies, TV, video games, and mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Bob Fallon, and it's going to be another very short episode this week, as I've only seen one movie, which would be Unfriended, Dark Web, and I'm going to do a little preview for UFC on Fox 30 this weekend in Calgary, Canada. Wait, Calgary, Ontario? Uh, Shoot, I don't know which province it's in. Ontario sounds about right, but uh, yeah, so the movie I saw this week with my sister Sally, who I've yet to still get on here and talk about what what movies we see, maybe one day, Uh, Unfriended, colon, Dark Web, the sequel to the original Unfriended from a few years ago, which, which I enjoyed, actually, surprisingly enjoyed more than I thought I would. I just liked the concept. <laughs> I just liked how, um, I don't know, it was definitely innovative at the time. There has been more things that have kind of copied that formula of just using this, what is on a computer screen, and using, make it super realistic, at least like, in, intuitively with the programs being used and the mouse going from one thing, the typing, you know, using Skype and Facebook and social media. And it's pretty cool that you can tell an entire story just on what was on a computer screen. I thought it did it pretty effectively. I really liked the more realistic side of it. And there was a supernatural aspect that was brought in that uh, didn't work as much for me. And I was happy to hear that Dark Web, the sequel, completely different cast, but same concept with uh, with the Mac, you know, computer screen and everything that's going on. I was happy to hear that it's not supernatural at all. It's more just dealing with the underbelly of the internet with the, the Dark Web and, you know, the mis- misdeeds that I guess go on. I, I've heard of that it's real, I don't know if it's uh, exactly the way it's depicted in this movie, but, you know, there's, like, some darker, seedier things going on where things can't be traced and all that stuff. But, um, yeah, I um, I enjoyed the movie, actually. I, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, definitely not great, but just, like, a fun, dark uh, ride. It's a short movie, so, like, 90 to 100 minutes, it was, like... I was in it. I like the way they use silence and music. Like they use Spotify for some background music here and there, but then I like how it will go away from that and just the, really the only sounds are the people on Skype or the clicking of the, the keyboard. And um, yeah, I thought this was pretty effective. It's a mess. Like I don't think it makes a lot of sense if you really dig into it, think about it too much. So as a you know a little escape horror thriller on the in the dregs of summer when there really hasn't been much this really has been a bad summer um ant-man the wasp was fun uh, avengers was great i'm sure there's a couple other decent ones mission impossible excited to watch that next week but man this really was a, a down summer um the more i think about it usually it's august where you're getting these types of movies but 
this is July. This should be peak blockbuster season, but what are you going to do? I guess they're spread out more throughout the year now, so we're going away more and more from the typical Hollywood schedule. But yeah, I thought it was a a fine distraction in the summer. Get some air conditioning, have some fun with this, don't think about it too much. Pretty good. Um, <laughs> I, I bet you, th- I didn't see the first Purge, but they're, you know, two similar small budget horror movies that are out around the same time. I would, I can already tell this will be better. Um, I've seen all the other Purge movies that are mediocre at best, and this one didn't look any better, so. Um, I saw a preview for a movie Missing that is before uh, Unfriended. It looks very similar in concept that it's once again strictly using the the computer screen to tell a story but this is more of like a, a missing child detective investigation drama thriller i guarantee i'm that's i'm i'm gonna be a sucker for that movie if i if i already like these unfriended movies better than most people basically just from the concept uh probably gonna love missing so looking forward to checking that out i think it comes out in a month or two so yeah i would give unfriended dark web a a six and a half out of ten uh the performances there's a lot of people who at least i had never i don't believe i had seen in anything else performances are fine you know the twists and turns are to be expected there's deaths which you would expect some of them were better than others some of them were pretty good um yeah, there's n- nothing special, but like I've said over and over again, just a fun time at the movies. Okay, yes, yeah, so moving on. Okay, before we preview UFC on Fox 30 this weekend, uh, let's go over the results <laughs> of UFC Hamburg from last weekend, which I didn't even watch, I'm not going to lie. Um, and I, it sounds like I made the right choice you know, going into it, it was rough on paper. I thought this was one of the weaker cards they've ever put out. And, you know, sometimes when a card looks weak in practice, the fights actually turn out to be pretty good. Apparently that was not the case. as a tied record for most decisions, and apparently they weren't the most thrilling decisions. Speak properly. Decisions either. Um, But there were a couple of standout performances the main event and co-main event which on paper looked like the only ones worth watching and turns out that was probably true uh, in the co-main event Corey Anderson defeated Glover Teixeira which was kind of a big upset that was a pretty big upset I thought Glover with his experience and and his skills would be able to beat a guy in Anderson who has always been pretty effective he's the developing as he developed as a light heavyweight prospect he's like a wrestler grinder with a decent striking game he'll clinch strike clinch strike clinch strike and he's been effective with it but he's also been knocked out a lot like later in fights so with a suspect jaw and just some like inability to mix it up where or really punish his opponents to keep them from landing a strike late in the fight to change things. I thought Glover would be able to really take care of business here. Maybe lose the first round or two but come back and win later on. But Anderson apparently looked 
looked pretty good. He he must have if he if he beat a guy like Glover. Either Glover has fallen off quite a bit, which could be possible because he had a pretty nasty like he took a lot of damage against Alexander Gustafson and was getting smacked around pretty good by Misha Sarkinov before turning the tides there. Um, but apparently Anderson just kept the pressure on him and really uh, won a pretty clear cut decision, which that's pretty good. That's pretty good uh, turnover for a stagnant light heavyweight division. They really need some fresh blood in there and some legit contenders, if not for the next year or so, for at least down the line. And we got uh, even more of that in the main event where um, Anthony Smith demolished Shogun Hua. I saw the highlight of the knockout in the first round and wow, um, just decimated him. Um, Shogun out on his feet, didn't know what was going on, trying to fight the ref and uh, Anthony Smith, man, uh, refreshed, moving up to light heavyweight, got knocked out in his last middleweight fight by Tiago Santos and retired Rashad Evans and now potentially retired Shogun Hua, I doubt it, but it was that kind of performance. And just two brutal knockouts back to back immediately steps into the top 10 in light heavyweight and could be looking at a title shot in, with another win or two, kind of like Volkan Ozdemir style when he showed up in the UFC. I mean, Anthony Smith has always looked good in the first round at middleweight. You know, he was a guy who looks the part. He'll come out in the first round. He'll be effective. He'll He'll look like, oh man, this guy's good. This guy's going to definitely win this fight. But then he would gas out later, like a second, third round. And it wouldn't be as effective ever as he was in the first, at least from the times I saw him. Uh, even if he did end up winning those, some of those fights, it just, it, he was a different fighter later on, second half of the fight. Not having to cut that weight, that 20 extra pounds, man, it you can tell. I mean, obviously hasn't made it past the first round since we're going up to light heavyweight, so it remains to be seen if he'll be able to keep more energy um, in the later rounds at light heavyweight, but it seems reasonable, and he at least definitely has some strength and some pep in his step here. And, it, and it's two older guys, like it's two guys who are pretty much shot-born and past their primes anyway. But it's it's still impressive, and it's still like not a star-making performance, but like a attention-grabbing performance, which is, like again, light heavyweight desperately needs that. I think it's probably the weakest division in the in the UFC right now, other than women's featherweight, of course. Um, it, eh, I guess, with John Jones on suspension and Daniel Cormier up at heavyweight with the belt, then. Yeah, I would definitely say it's the second weakest after women's featherweight. If you add those two guys into it, you could probably put women's flyweight and women's women's uh, bantamweight behind it as well. But um, let's see. Okay, yeah, that's it for Hamburg. Before I really get into Fox 30, which is crazy, they had 30 of those so far. And then I don't know if there's one or two more before the ESPN deal starts next year. But, man, time flies when you're podcasting for five plus years, eh? But uh, big news today out of New York, Conor McGregor has settled on a plea deal with the New York Police Department. He uh, was dismissed of all felony charges. He got some misdemeanors 
Uh, he has like five hours of community service and um, a restraining order or a protective order. He can't get near Ray Borg or Michael Chiesa and maybe one other person um, for two years. So, well, they really brought the hammer down on him, eh? I don't know why I'm acting Canadian and saying, hey, all of a sudden. But, <laughs> yeah, as predicted, he got off pretty light, pretty much scot-free here. I would expect a fight announcement with between him and Khabib Nurmagomedov for October uh, UFC 229. Either this weekend or sometime next week or maybe at the latest on UFC 227 on the pay-per-view like as a big announcement it's just they I, I know they were just waiting for this to clear up this has been in the works already for a while it's been heavily rumored and alluded to that this is happening it's planned mark your calendars but they just couldn't officially announce it until all this stuff got sorted out at least that's my conjecture um okay so UFC on Fox 30 to be honest this is almost a pay-per-view quality main card on Fox on free network TV uh, before they added Tyron Woodley versus Darren Till to UFC 228 this was better than that card and uh, you know on Fox they have four main card fights and I think if you just add a title fight to the top of what is already here it's a pretty solid pay-per-view quality card so that's pretty exciting um uh yeah looking forward to it tremendously this weekend uh and i like that it starts at eight it'll be over by 10 30 get in get out and get some great fights so the undercard is not that great there's a couple interesting things uh that might be worth checking out but really the main card is where it's at and uh that that's gonna be a nice um you know different feel other than these long fight night cards that go into like one o'clock in the morning one thirty in the morning now i guess i should uh touch on the woodley till news first as well which they just announced that colby covington will be stripped of his interim welterweight title which he just won against rafael dos Anjos a month and a half ago just because he can't fight for another two months after getting some kind of nasal surgery. And this is just uh, the one of the worst things I feel like the UFC has ever done when it comes to the belts. Uh, just totally, de- completely and utterly devaluing any semblance. It already was nothing, but it's less than nothing. It's like uh, interim belts mean nothing nothing at all and they cannot be surprised if i mean people are dumb it maybe they're right maybe they can do whatever they want it doesn't matter it'll get people excited for that day and then they don't really care as long as they get an exciting match or something to get buzzed about but i would not be surprised if this really damages the value of an interim belt which I guess at the end of the day is not that big of a deal, but this might actually severely damage the value of the real belts as well. When you can just yank, like you could, Tyron Woodley clearly, all they had to do was delay Rafael dos Anjos or Kobe, Colby Covington a month, and they could have fought Tyron Woodley, or you just delay Woodley's return a couple months, and he can fight the interim belt holder. But no, we have a date 
in September, Valentina Shevchenko versus Nico Montano is not a pay-per-view headline-worthy title fight. We need something else to go there. And since we need to make this round peg fit in the square hole, boom. Colby, you're out there until you're in, even though you just missed weight in your last fight. Controversially won. Uh, and then admitted yourself that you did not deserve a title shot afterwards. You're up. You get the title shot. Yeah. I mean, that is a fight that I'm excited to see. Don't get me wrong. But it's just the, the politics of it are just disgusting, to be honest. But at the end of the day, I will watch because I'm a freak for this shit. And I'm a freak of nature to watch Eddie Alvarez versus Dustin Poirier, the rematch five rounds this time dear lord the violence oh the violence if you i mean both of these guys are like musty tv doesn't matter who they're fighting when they're fighting it's going to be entertaining it's going to be a war look at dustin Poirier. both of them fought recently fought justin gaethje both won in very impressive fashion in highly highly entertaining fights uh, their last fight against themselves, which ended in controversy when Eddie Alvarez illegally kneed Dustin Poirier in the head, causing the fight to be stopped, was amazing up to that point. I still considered it for a fight of the year candidate at the end of the year, despite the controversial abrupt ending. Um, the fight needed to happen. They're both on winning streaks since then, and or at least, you know, I think... Maybe a lot. I can't remember exactly when that fight was. UFC 211. So, yeah, I think... Was that... Was that after... Yeah, that was after. That was Eddie Alvarez's first fight after losing the belt to Conor McGregor. So, yeah, they've both been winning since then. And, um... God, it's going to be great. I think... I think it'll be pretty similar to the first fight, which Poirier was... Despite it being a back-and-forth war, he was pretty clearly the better fighter. At least that night. And I I expect to see pretty similar stuff here. I think he'll TKO him late in the fourth round. If not just a decision. Because Eddie Alvarez is tough as hell. And Dustin Poirier does have shown some weakness with his chin. So that is something to look out for. Co-main event. Jose Aldo returning for his first fight that is not a title fight. I, w- I think I saw it was like since like 2009, maybe 2011. Needless to say, it's been a very long time. And it's going to be weird to see him only fight three rounds. Um, coming off back-to-back losses to Max Holloway. Um, I think people are really down on Aldo. I mean, for fair reason. He got knocked out by Conor McGregor. Then he he dominated Frank Yeager. And then he lost to Max Holloway twice in pretty decided TKO fashion. But, I mean, look, Frank Edgar is still the tops of the top at featherweight. And he just dominated him not too long ago. McGregor beat him in 13 seconds. How much can you really take away from that? And Max Holloway is one of the best pound-for-pound fighters in the sport. And could be end up being number one if he recovers from everything that's he's got going on right now if he can come back and continue his ascension I mean those losses are nothing to be ashamed of and Jeremy Stevens who he is fighting yeah he's been on an impressive run knocking out Josh Emmett and who was it 
Josh Emmett and Duho Choi back to back. Like, yeah, he Stevens has been improved. He looks much improved lately. He seems more confident, and he's actually knocking people out now when he used to be just. They would say he's a knockout Hutterson and he would almost never knock people out. He actually is doing that now. He looks good. But he recently lost to Frankie Yeager. Or not that recently. He lost to Hanato Moicano not that long ago. I think Jose Aldo is just going to school him. I mean, I think Aldo wins a clear decision. Aldo, he's never been a supreme finisher in his UFC career like he was in the WAC. So I, I can't say I, I think he's going to knock him out, but it's a possibility. And of course, if Aldo's head is just not in the right place uh, or his chin is gone after these three knockouts in the past few years, yeah, Stevens could catch him. But I just think Aldo's going to prove it's not that much that, uh, that he has regressed as much as I'm sure he has a little bit, but it's much more that he just... You know, bigger sharks came up the food chain uh, and took him out. So excited to see what happens there. Also, one of my favorite fighters in the world, Joanna Yenjacek, despite her back-to-back losses to Rose Namajunas, she is still one of the best fighters, especially in the women's divisions going right now. And she's fighting Tisha Torres, who has been very good and much improved of late. Uh, she just lost to... Shoot, I know who does she just lose to? Sorry, I can't remember, but I know I think she's coming off a loss as well. But she has still looked really is it Jessica Andrade? Maybe it's Jessica Andrade. Um, it's gonna be a fun fight. Um, Ioana obviously got knocked out by Rose and came back and lost a narrow decision um, to her at UFC 223. Uh, a fight I thought she won, but can't be mad could have seen it going either way so she's coming back and i was surprised she didn't go up to ufc well, i don't know why i said ufc women's flyweight uh since that's a new weaker division that she could rise up the ranks very quickly maybe she still has that in mind but they offered her this fight and she took it maybe she thinks if rose loses the belt she can get the next shot get it back and then have a trilogy fight with rose Eventually, I don't know, but she's fighting Tisha here. I think she'll win by decision pretty easily. Uh, I just think <laughs> Tisha is no Rose Namunas. No offense. I mean, maybe she'll surprise me, but I just think Rose was kind of tailor-made as a bad match- matchup for Ioana. And Tisha's going to be more like... I think it's going to be back to the old Ioana. She's going to stalk her down. She's going to stuff your takedown. She's going to beat you up on the feet. And she doesn't have power, but she's going to beat you by decision and make you look bad. And the last fight on the main card is um, Olivier Alban Mercier against Alexander Hernandez. Both of these guys are up-and-comers with different career trajectories. Um, Alban Mercier, he came off, I believe, the Ultimate Fighter smashes or one of the international versions of the show and he has you know he's lost a few fights in the UFC but he's won a lot as well and he's on a winning streak now modest winning streak and he's looked good the last few times out uh, a decent prospect and then Alexander Hernandez was a, like a late replacement uh, at one of these pay-per-views early in the year 
and was put in at the last minute against Benil Dariush. No one gave him a chance. No one really knew who he was. He came out like a bat out of hell and just demolished a, a really good fighter in Dariush. And he, this is his second fight in the UFC. So it's he came in like out of nowhere, made a big splash. This will be an interesting follow-up to see if uh, if he's legit or if it was just kind of like he caught Dariush off guard without the preparation. This will be a true test. This will be like, if you can beat Auburn Mercier, then yeah, he, he probably is legit. Uh, but I actually think Olivier Auburn Mercier is going, OAM is going to, he's going to be the veteran, even though he's young as well. I think he's going to use his ex- UFC experience ring time to draw the fight out into the sec- second, third round where if Hernandez comes out the way he did in the first round, he probably will get tired, and I think Mercier will get him uh, get him down and submit him in the late late rounds, second or third round. So, yeah, there you have it. The undercard, uh, not worth really getting into right now, but uh, it's still a, it's a good card. It's a good card. Definitely check it out. If you're on the fence about this MMA thing, this is an easy one to check out. It's just on your regular Fox station. It should only be two to two and a half hours, and it's legit great stuff. So if you're waiting to give it a chance, this is as good a time as any. So until next week, when I talk about Mission Impossible, Fallout, the results of UFC on Fox 30, and preview UFC 227. I've been Bob Fallon, and I have definitely been failing to communicate today hit up the podcast on itunes subscribe rate and review follow me on twitter at found to tweet peace